This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We are a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. How wonderful it is to be here this morning, and um, yeah, what a just fantastic time of worship. Um, yeah, it's great to see God moving in in this room, and and uh, I think that was probably the loudest that I've ever heard this room sing, which is just fantastic when you're standing at the front, uh, hearing it all come back. So, uh, yeah. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Ali, um, and along with my wife Fiona. Uh, or fee. Uh, we are part of the leadership team here at Sterling Vineyard. So I'm a I'm an engineer by day, and uh, you know pastor by night. Um, but no, and uh, Fiona is a teacher, um, and yeah, we're parents to two wonderful and very uh, energetic kids uh, who you'll probably see have seen running around this morning, getting in your way, trying to trip you up. So apologies for that if that was the case, but. Uh, but yeah, no, it's great to be here, and, and we're continuing our series in Acts this week. And the heart behind this series is for us to take a bit of a closer look at the early church as they do the stuff, as we in the vineyard like to say, of the kingdom of God. So we're raising questions such as how can we pay attention to the power of the early church? How can we learn from their perseverance in the face of trial and persecution? And how can we model their witness uh, to the world and to the people around them? So as a church, we want to be pushing into doing the stuff of the kingdom of God, and we want to see lives and this wonderful city of Stirling and this uh, beautiful nation of Scotland transformed. This week, uh, we're in Acts 11, um, and we're in verses 19 to 30, so we'll be reading through that um, in, in just a moment. So if you have your uh, electronic device or your paper, paperback Bible, um, if you're old school, then uh, Acts 11, verses 19 to 30, and you can ignore what I'm going to say just now as you find that, Uh, but we'll be reading together, um, and these verses are really fascinating, and they they tell the story of the church in Antioch, and uh, one of the first accounts of believers being called Christians. Acts 11 also makes me wonder um, what God did as he shifted the center of the mission from Jerusalem uh, to Antioch. It's also a section that we're going to read that's perhaps a little bit overlooked, but it's just so rich with insight into the heart of God and to the mission of the church. So hopefully this morning we can, uh, we can kind of unpack some of my observations that have helped me understand the church and its mission a little bit more clearly. So Acts chapter 11, verse 19. It says, Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenica, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. They preached the word of God, but only to Jews. However, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene also uh, began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus. The power of the Lord was with them, and a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. When the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy, and, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. 
Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. During this time, some prophets traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, was named Agabus, stood up in one of the meetings and predicted by the Spirit that a great famine was coming upon the entire Roman world. This was fulfilled during the reign of Claudius. So the believers in Antioch decided to send relief to the brothers and sisters in Judea, everyone giving as much as they could. This they did entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take to the elders of the church in Jerusalem. Amen. So I'm going to start uh, today with a little bit of a nod uh, to all of the Friends TV show lovers out there. I'm sure there's a few of you in the room. As I was uh, preparing today's sermon, reflecting on these verses, I couldn't help but be reminded of the time when Joey was asked to officiate at Monica and Chandler's wedding. So let's just take a minute as we hear Joey Tribbiani's pearls of wisdom when reflecting on his best friend's relationship and what what it is like to know and experience love. It's a love based on giving and receiving, as well as having and sharing. And the love that they give and have is shared and received. And through this having and giving and sharing and receiving, we too can share and love and have and receive. So if you haven't worked out already, uh, this sermon will be loosely based on having and giving and sharing and receiving. So if there's one takeaway from it, so what was Ali speaking on that week? Oh yeah, he was talking about friends. Um, Hopefully that helps to jog your memory. But the bookends of this account in Acts 11 offer up an interesting insight into this scripture. The account begins with Jerusalem sending Barnabas to Antioch, and it ends with Antioch sending Barnabas back to Jerusalem to minister to the people there. There is this movement that takes this church from being a having or receiving church to be a sharing or giving church from a mission field to a mission station, sending those out who have previously come in. So how does a pagan city like Antioch go from receiving to giving? There are three things uh, that transform this community to go from, uh, go from being a receiving church to ascending church. So number one is God sent out everyone and anyone to tell people about Jesus. Number two is that strong leadership followed to establish the church. And then number three is that generosity fueled by love brought about the unity of the church. So firstly, it was God who sent people to Antioch to preach about Jesus. In Acts 11, verse 20, it said, Some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord. So I don't know about you, but when I think about God sending people to proclaim the gospel, preaching or planting churches, it's hard not to see them as the holy of the ho- holiest of the holy, uh, theologically trained and most qualified for the job. You know, the Hannibrooks of the world. However, what we see here in verse 20 is that it's not just a bunch of it's just a bunch of believers excited to tell people about Jesus. It was then that the power of God through the Holy Spirit spoke into the lives of the Gentiles and they started to believe too. This verse also confirms that the good news can come from anyone. We're all part of Jesus's plan for the world and hearing about him, but also the good news is for everyone. In Romans 1:16 to 17 it says this For I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, 
It is through faith that a righteous person has life. So when Jesus died on the cross, he opened up relationship with the Father for everyone to be told by anyone. You don't have to be super spiritual, called to be an evangelist, or have a degree in theology to speak the good news uh, to peop- uh, of Jesus Christ to those around you. Let's not put too much pressure on ourselves. We aren't all called to be church planters or evangelists or pioneers, but we are all called to tell people about the gospel. We will all have our own personal slant on how, on how we do it. So let's just be ourselves. Let's just be authentic followers of Jesus. The power of the Lord was with the believers as they went to Antioch to preach. Let that be our prayer. You know that the power of the Lord would be with us too as we go. The good news can come from anyone and is for everyone. That's about as inclusive as it gets. So secondly, in verses 22 to 24, we see that when the church in Jerusalem heard that God was at work in Antioch, they sent the right leader to establish the new church. Verse 23 said, when he arrived and saw uh, the evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. So, why was strong leadership important? Why didn't, why, didn't he just, why didn't they just leave it to the anyones to preach to the everyones? See, anyone can do this, and everyone can be successful in reaching people for Jesus. Let's be clear on that. But that doesn't take away from the fact that it can be challenging. You know, just look, uh, just like anyone can reach people for Jesus, anyone can cook, as quoted from a firm family favorite film in our house, Ratatouille. You know, that doesn't mean that anyone can run a restaurant like Remy the Rat. Anyone can preach the good news, but the sphere of influence of that church is never going to grow beyond a handful of people without the right tools and effective skills. It's only when the right leaders are sent that galvanizes a community and casts a vision for its purpose. That being encountering Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit and seeing lives transformed. So last year, uh, when... um, when we were up at the uh, Scottish Vineyard Conference, uh, Fee and I were approached at the end of one of the evening sessions by someone who had a picture for us. We'd never met uh, this person, and he didn't know anything, uh, didn't know who we were, uh, didn't know where we were from or what our role in the church was. But what this person sensed was a picture of us being part of a human pyramid. You know, the ones where you're all on your hands and knees, and people climb up over each other to get to the top. So to illustrate this uh, picture, I'd like a few volunteers. Dan? Uh, no, I'm only kidding. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to act this. Uh, we're not going to act this picture out. But what this picture was showing was that we were involved. That we were involved in the human pyramid, but we weren't at the top. We were somewhere in the middle. We were building on the strong foundation of people that had gone before us, and we're, but we were pulling people up, who will be released into building on top of us. It was that picture of reaching our hands out, and supporting others as they go after us. So our ceiling is the next person's floor. And me and Fee have always felt that, that we were a stepping stone for new leaders to go ahead of us. Comfortable as the number twos, as we would say. We are passionate about raising up leaders, uh, training and equipping them with the tools and knowledge to lead and lead well and lead for the long haul. It isn't an overnight process and it isn't easy. And particularly in this season as we step in uh, to fill Hannah's shoes, as we juggle our own church roles, our careers and our family life. But it is, uh, it is so fulfilling and we are fulfilling the call that God has put on our lives in this area. 
even if it has questionable timing at some points. Over the last nine months, we've had uh, the true blessing of seeing around 15 of our church family committing their time to our Vineyard Leadership Essentials course. This is a training course that's uh, run throughout Vineyard churches in the UK and Ireland and covers many of the most important and fundamental aspects of leadership. I could uh, genuinely stand here all day plugging the benefits and importance of healthy leadership and what it looks like to train, equip, and release people, as well as taking time to reflect and grow in understanding and insight alongside others. But uh, I'm supposed to be sharing from Acts 11 this morning, so I'm going to have to give you a quick uh, summary of three quick reasons why I believe leadership is important for a healthy church and why I think Barnabas was sent to Antioch. So number one, leaders cast vision. One of the primary roles of leaders is to cast vision to help others see the direction in which we are collectively pulling. Without vision or a clear direction, we are prone to wandering aimlessly, reacting to situations and following the loudest voice, rather than being proactive and discerning God's voice. Number two is leadership promotes healthy growth. A good leader empowers those around them. They're able to identify their own weaknesses at the same time as seeing the strengths of others around them and call out the potential that they see. And thirdly, leaders provide pastoral care and supportive structures. We're not all the finished article. Sometimes things need a bit more time, experience, or just refining. Appointed leaders are there to provide pastoral care and support for the church in good times and bad. One of the ways that we try uh, to do this in the vineyard is through our small groups and, and through empowering our small group leaders so that these groups can be the primary point of contact and spiritual community for our church family throughout the week. But please hear me when I talk about leadership. I'm not just talking about me and Fee. Leadership can take many forms, and a lot of us, or most of us, will have some interaction in leadership throughout our lives, whether that's at church, at work, in our voluntary time, in a social context, or, or whatever. But if you would like to know a little bit more about uh, leadership in the vineyard, then you can go back and listen to our podcast where we talked about uh, what our structure is uh, in, uh, on Vision Sunday uh, from October of last year. Or uh, you can come along to our welcome evening uh, at Tim Hortons this Thursday at 7.30. But back to the final verses of Acts 11 for my final point. Generosity fueled by loves brings unity. The temptation is to believe that Barnabas had been sent to lead the church, but in reality his purpose was to equip and pass on his wisdom, experience, and the God-given gift of leadership and empower those around him to, to take it further. It would have been really easy for the church in Antioch to hold on to Barnabas and, and all the gifts and talents that he brought. But they had an outward focus and they made a conscious decision to give away uh, the very leaders that enabled the church to become established particularly when they recognize the need greater than their own. In verse 29, it says, So the believers in Antioch decided to send relief to the brothers and sisters in Judea, everyone giving as much as they could. They did this, entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take to the elders of the church in Jerusalem. The believers gave generously. They cared about the needs of others. Just as the Bible, said, Bible says, Each of you should give what you have, decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. That's in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. Of course, it's, it's so important uh, to give generos generously with our money, 
or our gifts, but how amazing is it to also give generously of our time to meet the needs of others, to advance God's kingdom here on earth? What does it look like to give the best of our time rather than the bits that are left over at the end of a busy week? What does it look like when we prioritize the needs of others and caring for them over the needs of ourselves? Look at the significance of the church in Antioch, assisting the church in Jerusalem. The church plant had grown enough to be able to help the established church. I mentioned earlier, uh, this is one of the first accounts of believers being called Christians, or rather it would have been Christ ones, because they all had in common, what they all had in common was Christ, not race, not culture or language. Christ's love crosses all boundaries and unifies people. So what are the, some of the needs that you see around you? Who are you going to share the good news with? Even if it's just one person. Look how quickly the church spread in Acts. In Acts 1 verse 8, it says, you will receive the power you will, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The good news can come from anyone and the good news is for everyone. As a church, we feel like we have spent the last couple of years coming out of uh, of COVID, rebuilding, strengthening our foundations, and focusing on community here in this church. We've seen some rapid growth over the last 12 to 18 months from across Stirlingshire, and we've developed what we believe are deep roots and a strong culture of vineyard values. But we feel now that there is a stirring. There's a time to shift our focus away from being a receiving church and to one of a giving church. In the vineyard, we are a church planting movement, inspiring and equipping kingdom people to launch kingdom communities. But sometimes as leaders, that is really hard because it means that you're giving away your best constantly. Barnabas seemed like a pretty awesome guy. He was a great example of how, of how to help new Christians. He demonstrated strong faith. He ministered joyfully with kindness and encouragement. Yet after gathering the gifts and support for Jerusalem, we read in verse 30 that they did this entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take to the elders of the church in Jerusalem. Who would want to give up a Barnabas or a Paul for their church, from their church? But here we see God's kingdom extended to the lost, the vulnerable, the poor being reached. Aren't we striving for healthy churches and seeing people released into their calling? So how can we shift from being a having or receiving church to being a sharing or a giving church, a mission field to a mission station? One of the areas that we're keen to do this is, um, is to run an alpha course. So we have a vision that we would love to, um, to run this course uh, following our Easter um, following our Easter outreach that we're going to be doing. And so what we would love you to do is just take a minute and imagine everyone in this room, there are about 65 people in this room, what would it look like if each one of us invited one person to that Alpha course? What would 
what would that be, 50 or 60 maybe, new people with an opportunity to freely explore the basics of Christian faith in an open, friendly environment. And the great thing about Alpha, you know, everyone is welcome. No matter your background or beliefs, you're invited. It's an amazing tool and it's one for us uh, to use. So get thinking, get praying for that person and be bold. Invite them along. We are aware that there is just so much more as a church that we could be doing to effectively engage with and serve our local communities and the city of Stirling. And as followers of Jesus, we're called to live out compassion and justice in our daily lives. We want to be a citywide support network. Of, we want to be part of a citywide support network of churches and organizations partnering together to reach out to the poor, the vulnerable, and to the people who really need to, know, to hear how much God loves them. So we would love for you to prayerfully consider ways to meet the needs of Sterling and how you could be a part of that. We want to facilitate environments for you to serve our city in practical and creative ways. So my challenge this morning, as I close, is a challenge to, to you and to myself, and is it's how can we share Jesus in the places that we are sent? How can we create room at the table? How can we live in ways that raise the level of spiritual health for those around us? Let's be like the believers in Acts 11 and be part of a movement that takes this church from being a having or receiving church to a sharing or giving church from a mission field to a mission station. Why don't we stand? Thanks for listening to the Stirling Vineyard Sunday podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Sterling Vineyard Church.